No, that will not be the open. Today on 31 Thoughts, the podcast presented by the GMC Sierra AT4, you're going to meet a really special person. Braden Epp is a 24-year-old former player, we should add former captain of the Prince George Spruce Kings, turned official, who's also been diagnosed recently with multiple sclerosis. And as you're about to find out, he's a fighter. He's a positive thinker. He leads a charity drive aimed at raising funds to beat MS. He's a passionate hockey guy, and he's someone you can't help but cheer for. And he very much has hockey opinions, as you're about to find out, Elliot. See, I didn't like the fact that he had strong and funny opinions because the more people <laughs> who do that, the less I have a chance of keeping my job. So that really bothers Fair. me. Same. Uh, on some <laughs> level. But the bottom line is, you know, Braden has gone through some challenges and, and he'll describe them all to you. But that doesn't mean that it's going to stop him in trying to accomplish his goal. And that doesn't mean it's going to prevent him from trying to do some good out of it. Whenever there's somebody who meets their challenges head on like that, why wouldn't you want to amplify? Why wouldn't you want to help out? And Mm -hmm. as you said, Jeff, there was some extra comedy and edge in there that maybe we weren't expecting. So we hope you all enjoy this. Team Epp, uh, we're all on it. Here's Braden on 31 Thoughts, the podcast. Braden, first of all, thanks so much for joining us here today. In the uh, the opening of the podcast, Elliot and I sort of ran down a little bit, sort of nickel and dime version of your story. Listen, you're the authority on your story. In your words, can you describe what's happened to you? Well, it's been a, a roller coaster of emotions for me for the last probably six months now. But basically, I've been uh, through a lot in my life and... I'll basically walk through what my story was kind of like for me. So one morning I, I woke up and I had some back pain and I wasn't quite sure what it was from or I thought maybe I slept funny or something like that. So I went through my, my everyday life still and I continued to, to work. And at the time I was refing in the BCHL over here in BC and um, I continued to, to ref those games and, and ref through the the back pain that I had and over the course of about two weeks the back pain got so bad that I uh, could barely walk but I'm an athlete I, I played hockey and everything growing up so I kind of pushed pushed through all that and and over those two weeks more symptoms kind of came in my life where I'd have uh, troubles walking and uh, poor coordination in my hands and that kind of stuff and a lot of fatigue and, and that kind of things came into my life and I was kind of questioning what was going on with, with my body because it wasn't normal. So I kept working and, and refing through these things and finally got to a point where I, I stepped on the ice to ref a game and my legs gave out and I had a hard time getting back up and, and I couldn't actually finish the game because I, I couldn't skate. So it was it was really tough for me because I've played hockey and skated for my whole life and now I, I can't skate anymore. So it was kind of concerning for me. So I left that game and went back to the dressing room and, and called my parents because I was so concerned and they told me to go to the go to the hospital and get it checked out. So I went in and that's when I kind of got rushed through all the protocols and all the COVID stuff and got to the front of the line and got right in to see a, a neurologist right away. And she was quite concerned, which was good for me because she obviously saw something that was wrong with me. So 
to go through all that in such a short time and and all that was tough for me but I'm glad that we kind of got it all all figured out because about mm, after two weeks of having all that uh, symptoms and stuff I got to the hospital and then uh, another two weeks after that I went through three MRIs and a bunch of testing and and then we got the the diagnosis of of the MS so it all happened really quick for me but uh, I'm quite glad that it was quick and we could get it figured out because sometimes this stuff drags on for quite a while and causes some some other things to go wrong in your life. So I'm just happy to kind of have it all figured out and have a plan now. Can you fill us in on that, Braden? What is a plan? How do you deal with it? What are the challenges? What kind of treatment is available? When you're diagnosed with MS, for those of us listening who aren't totally familiar with it, what does it mean? When I first got diagnosed, I got put onto a, a very high dosage of uh, a steroid to help fight the inflammation in my spine and stuff. It was a five-day treatment of, I think I was taking 35 pills before nine o'clock in the morning, which was just absurd for me. I was not a big fan of that. So I did the five days of that to kind of knock everything back. And because when I was diagnosed, I was... I could barely walk and, and get through the everyday functions of life. So that was a big battle for me being such an athletic person and, and living that kind of life. So the steroids and stuff really helped me for the first the first five days. I would say I got probably up to about 75% of of my ability back and, and strength and stuff. So I was happy for that. But kind of after I took those pills, I kind of dropped back down to maybe 60%, which was still better than what I was at when I was diagnosed. So ever since then, I've, I haven't been on any medications because uh, I have to wait to get all my immunization, all my COVID, and basically every kind of shot you can basically get before uh, you can go on the medications because once you go on the meds, then it'll uh, compromise your immune system. So I'm waiting for my, my second COVID shot, which should be here in a couple of weeks. And then uh, I should have all my all my shots up to date and, and everything. So once I get onto the medications, and I honestly don't know what the peak is for me or, or where I'm going to be, but it's going to take a lot of uh, tinkering around and, and messing with some different medications because everyone, everyone reacts different to different medications. So the plan is to get me back to living a, a normal life and back to my daily activities. So... You know, you were a player. You played in the BC Junior League for several years. Uh, you played in Prince George and you played in West Kelowna. And then, as you said, you transitioned into becoming a referee. And it was your goal to become an NHL referee. Can you? Do you think you can still do that? Is that still a reasonable goal for you, Braden? I would say it is a reasonable goal, yes, because, well, I obviously lost the ability to skate when I was at my lowest, but ever since then I've, I've been working really hard and I've been on the ice probably half a dozen times with uh, my good buddy here in town, Chris Joyce. He runs a goalie camp here. So he, he actually gave me a text and told me to come out and if I wanted to, and just try it and take my half of the ice and, and work on the stuff. So the first time I went out, it was, uh, it was really hard for me because it was such a, a hard thing for me to step on the ice and, and not be able to skate. But over the course of a couple ice times, I've, I've kind of figured out uh, my stride and, and all that stuff back. So I think with the medications and, 
and the hard work and rehab that I, I will be able to get back to being a good skater and a good official again. So the plan is to to keep climbing the ranks and and keep working towards uh, the end goal of being the NHL official. So, well, goalies are terrible skaters, so you must have felt really <laughs> good there. Yeah, I fit, I fit right in. Um, you know, you've been described as someone who's, of course, I mean, you've you've always been a really active person, playing hockey now, officiating as well. Also, a very positive person. When you were first diagnosed. How much did you look at this? Because a diagnosis, like, like I've, I've had people die in my life that have been diagnosed with multiple sclerosis and right away there's a period of depression or almost near depression. How much did you look at this almost immediately as a challenge for yourself? Probably right away. Obviously, there was some lead up to the actual diagnosis where obviously I'm looking at my symptoms up on online and kind of self-diagnosing myself. So when I was actually diagnosed from the the neurologist, I was kind of prepared. My family around me probably was not as prepared as me, but I was prepared. So I kind of flipped the switch right away and said, well, how can I make this into something good? So right away, I, I called up my uh, my good buddy in, in New Westminster, Dylan Ellison, and he's a good, smart guy. So I was like, how can we fundraise this and, and raise awareness for, for this kind of stuff? So Actually, it was, it was funny because after I was diagnosed, we kind of looked it up and, and actually in, in five days time was uh, the National MS Walk of Canada. So mm-hmm. it was kind of kind of lined up perfectly. So we kind of started doing our, our fundraising and, and our awareness. We made a goal right away to raise $11,000, which I thought was a stretch in a five-day span because uh, I just thought there was, <laughs> there was no way, but... Uh, the community of Prince George and, and the refing community that I've I've been in and, and the hockey world is such a tight knit community. We uh we did some pretty incredible things in such a short time. Within twenty four hours we raised over eleven thousand dollars and I was kinda in shock. Wow. So I was like, Well, what can we do now? So I wore number eleven my last year of uh junior hockey in West Kelowna. So I wore twenty six with uh, Prince George for three years. So I said, Well, Let's make the next goal twenty six thousand. We have we have four days, so let's we'll see if we can do it. And within two days, we're approaching that number. And and by the end of the five days, we uh, I think our final number was thirty three thousand dollars. That's great. in, fi- in wow. five days. So to have the support from everyone and getting the text from ex teammates and coaches and and fans and and players that I say fought in in junior and just wishing me the best and and all this stuff and. I think that support was what uh, kept me so positive and and out of that kind of depression stage. I wanted to do good with this kind of stuff and raise awareness. So it was it was obviously hard to stay positive, but uh, I think I did a fairly good job, and and everyone around me kind of helped me through that tough time. So, well, I think that's so important is that you know you're not alone, right? Like when you set a goal and you beat it so quickly, you probably sit there and think you know what, I'm not alone in this and, and people care. Yeah, exactly. And, and then having my phone ringing 24-7 for about a week, it was just like I couldn't keep up with it. And it just showed how how much support I had. And like I touched so many lives in, in this community and around me and stuff. So it was it was truly what kept me positive. So I'm very, very thankful. 
So I was given Braden's number. You have to tell this story, Braden, because it's better from your perspective. So I, I was given Braden's number because someone asked me to reach out and see if we could help amplify Braden and, and, and give him some help in his fundraising. So you got to say it from your perspective. What happened? Okay, so I was I was downstairs. Uh, I think it was I just finished a workout and I was stretching on the on the floor and my phone's between my legs and this message pops up. Uh, Hey Brady, it's Elliot Friedman from Hockey Day in Canada, and and I'm just kind of like, well, who could this be texting me right now? Like, who's playing this joke on me? And so I'm texting my buddies, like, is this is this gonna be legit? Like, and all this stuff. And so I took a screenshot and sent it to Elliot on on Twitter, and I was like, is, is this you? Just so I don't say something funny or stupid back to him and, and ruin everything, right? Go kick <laughs> get rocks, Friedman. Yeah, beat it. get get out of here. I don't need you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it was quite uh, funny. I had, a, I had a good chuckle. Let me ask you about officiating. Uh, my brother-in-law is an official here locally with the OMHA, and he just loves it. My two boys play competitive hockey, and you know, I always sort of shake my head at what officials go through on a consistent basis. You're someone that's played hockey, now officiating hockey, and when I see the abuse, like quite frankly, but when I see the abuse that you and your crew take, like, I always ask myself, why would you choose to do this? Like, I always ask James, it's like, why do you do it? He goes, I don't know. I just love it. What is it about officiating that you love, Braden? Because I don't get it, considering how much abuse you guys take. It's funny, because like when I played junior, I hated all officials, because I was such a in-your-face kind of player, and I was always in the box, and, and I hated the officials. But when I was on the bench, I was always making those offside calls and I was always trying to help out the officials. So once I finished playing hockey and my buddy mentioned it to me, I was like, well, like, yeah, it's worth a shot. Like I'm playing hockey now. So let's try and live the dream as an official. So after kind of the first year of kind of the, the minor hockey stuff and wasn't a big fan of doing the minor hockey stuff. But once I got to the above minor and the junior hockey, I, I really mm -hmm. fell in love with being on the ice and kind of having control of the game. And I started off as a linesman and I wasn't the greatest fan of that. I still like being on the ice with the guys and stuff, but having the stripes on and, and having the game on your fingertips is, is, is really something that I enjoy and kind of feeling out the game and, and all that kind of stuff. Cause I think playing, I kind of understand how it's managed and all that kind of stuff and where you kind of can let a few smaller things go and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think I got the, I got the tougher skin playing hockey and stuff so I can, mm -hmm. I enjoy getting into with the coaches and, and that kind of stuff. I kind of laugh it off and because they're trying to intimidate you, right? They, they try and boss you around, but you just got to kind of sure. just take it and, and just do your thing out there and, and not let them uh, influence you. What, what do you think? Because all calls are subjective. Like I know a lot of fans have this idea that all calls are obvious and should be made at all times when really, I mean, a high stick to one person is not a high stick to another. What in your mind is the toughest call to make? Oh, the toughest call to make. That you see it, you're like, oh, geez, I know I got to make a call fast here, but oh, this is so hard. <laughs> Some Like a soft trip. Like you don't know if the player's losing balance or if he's embellishing going down easy. And you kind of got to, it's such a hard thing to call. Like when uh, when someone goes down like that and you kind of know the guy went down easy, but at the same time, it, you got to make that call too, right? So Something like that, or a high stick where a guy flings his head back and you don't even know if it hits him in the face or not. You know, the best angle and that kind of stuff. And if you don't make the call, the coach is coming and gluing the bench and then you lose control of the game. So there's a few out there where where the players can really embellish it and make it tough on the officials, which is very hard. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a test here to see if I would like you as an official or not. Okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, 
player X checks player Y's stick with his stick and the twig breaks, is it an automatic <laughs> penalty? Oh, 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 you have to call that one. Oh, I, no. That's, I know. I know you have no. to because it's that's the one you have to call. It's so frustrating. Like if, if I was a player, I'd go out there with a 50 flex stick and just let people just break my stick. <laughs> But it's something that you have to like. You don't know if the sticks broke before. It's such that's such a. I hate that one. It's that's that's the that's one that I do not. I hate that rule. Oh, I can't stand that call. Oh, I hate that rule. <laughs> oh. I hate that rule. Would that be like if I could say like, okay, Braden, you're you're a referee and we're handing you the rule book and you can change one rule. Would that be the one that you change? I would change that rule for sure. I would make it with the discretion of of the official. Yeah. Well, one thing I want to ask you about is we always talk about the change between regular season officiating and playoff officiating. Yeah. How much changes? I feel quite a bit changes just from the kind of history of, of the playoffs and stuff. And I haven't ref much playoffs, but I've obviously seen quite a few of how it changes and stuff. And and I think the playoffs should be a harder a harder thing than the regular season just because it's the playoffs for the Stanley Cup, right? And that kind of stuff. So. I do see there should be a bit of change, but then at the same time, you see some of the stuff that is let go and, and you kind of shake your head and think, well, how can that not be a penalty in, the, in today's game, right? But I feel there should be a little bit of a change, but I think they got tight enough just a little bit. What is the worst thing you said or did to an official as a player that Oof. now that you are a referee, you are embarrassed about? Oh, it was probably when I was playing minor hockey and I just, it was probably some 13 year old kid who just got dropped off by his parents. I probably just came on glued on him and asked him what he's doing out there and, and all this stuff. And, and thinking back today, like, why would you ever do that? Like, it's so hard to find officials to do minor hockey and that kind of stuff. And, and we're all just losing our minds and just burning so many bridges. Cause I know it's, it's really hard to find officials to do those games nowadays. And kids are actually scared to go out there because of the parents and the players and everyone's just getting mad at them. And, it's such a hard, a hard job to do, but nothing I'm proud of to yell at, at officials and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talked earlier about uh, Prince George, where you played with the Spruce Kings. Prince George has a really vibrant hockey community, whether it's uh, Spruce Kings, whether it's uh, the Cougars. Um, it's always been a real strong hockey market and hockey place. What are your thoughts when I say Prince George? What comes to your mind right away? Yeah, just a tight knit community where everyone will do anything for anyone, and and like you said, the hockey community is just it's just amazing here. Like playing for the Spruce Kings and and stuff as a hometown guy, it was truly you love to go to the rink and and the fans were were just crazy. Like it was it's a pretty small rink here. We played in when I when I played the Coliseum there, and it was loud. Doesn't matter if it was a Tuesday night game or or a Sunday evening. It was. It was always loud, and they always they love their hockey here in Prince George, and it's such a good hockey community. Matthew Barzell, I wanted to ask you about. You played with him in an All-Star game about seven years ago. Is that when it was? Yeah, it would be about seven years ago when I was playing uh, for the major midget team here in, in Prince George. Yeah, it was uh, the All-Star game. It was about halfway through the season, and I think he probably played probably 15 games by then and probably had – 75 points by then <laughs> he, he was he was something else yeah and then to play on his line in the all-star game was it was just get open and, and he'll find you the puck I think <laughs> I think I had yeah two goals that game and 
just to see him out there and, and do the things that he did at that age was like, you knew he was going to the NHL. Like it was absurd what he was doing. Was he the best player you ever shared the ice with? Yes, he was for sure. Yeah, he was, he broke Ryan Nugent Hopkins record that year in the, in the major midget league. And he was just, he wasn't on a good team and he made the team good and just try and stop him out there. And that's all you could do. And we couldn't do it. He was putting up four points on us every night. So he'd, he'd always find a way to to battle through things and, and make things happen. So he was truly fun to, to share the ice with that guy. I'm thinking about a future here, Brayden, where you're refereeing game seven of a Stanley cup final. And we'll say it's between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Edmonton Oilers. There's a loose puck. It's a tie game in the third period. Connor McDavid picks it up in full speed, breaks towards the net. Austin Matthews puts out his stick. It breaks and McDavid goes down. Penalty shot or not to win the Stanley Cup. Oh, it, yeah, I do like calling penalty shots. My first ever call. Oh, I like you. I like you. I like penalty shots. <laughs> My first call in the BCHL, I got called in one day to do a, like a, it was a last minute call for the game because the flights got canceled coming to town. So I got to ref my first game here in Prince George and, and my first ever call was a penalty shot. So you know what, Elliot, I would, <laughs> I, I would go penalty shot on that one and give the fans something to watch. <laughs> so you're talking game seven, Stanley cup final tie game. You're putting Connor McDavid, you're giving Connor McDavid a penalty shot against the Maple Leafs. Well, yeah, it's a penalty. You got to call it, right? All you right. gotta do, you gotta do it. it. Okay, hang on. Watch, watch this one. Let it's me, gonna let be me, like let's... Cheers. Everybody's gonna know your name. That's yeah. what that's gonna be. Here's the second layer of that test. Does it matter if it's in Edmonton or Toronto? Oh, good one. Ooh, that's a really good one, actually. No, it shouldn't matter where it is, right? It's gotta make the call. I would call penalty shot just because it'd be awesome to see that. Just make some more history for Connor. <laughs> I think with that quote, you just got taken off that yeah. game. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Do you? Uh, I'm always curious about this one as well. Uh, a, do you have a favorite hockey player? And B, do you have a favorite official? Hmm. Ooh, favorite player. My favorite player is, is Patrick Liney. I I fell in love really? with Patrick. Yeah, I fell in love with Patrick Liney at the World Juniors when uh, Finland was so good that year. Yeah. And I kind of fallen through uh, through the ranks with Winnipeg, and I really loved to watch Winnipeg's games and, and everything. So I was kind of upset when he got dealt last year, but uh, I still like watching Patty and I hope uh, nothing but the best for, for Line there in, in Columbus and hope he gets everything figured out there. But uh, as an official, hmm. See, I'm always interested in linesmen breaking up fights. And the one guy that I used to love was Jay Sharers, who was so strong. Like he was stronger. I would still maintain Jay Sharers was stronger than half the NHL. And yeah. when he would get a grip on guys to end a fight, like that was it. When they knew Jay shares, it, it was done. It was yeah. a, a, this freakish strength. Like, is there anyone? I don't know if it's even a fair. Is there anyone in the in the league that you would look at and you say, like, man, I got a lot of respect for this official. I, th- I got respect for all of them for what they do out there, and it's it's such a such a hard job. But uh, I think what Wes McCauley does out there and mm. how he's so vocal, I think it's so good for the game and. And what he does, because when I'm out there, I like to have fun with the guys and and laugh around and and cheer with the coach and that kind of stuff and and crack some jokes out there. So I think what Wes is doing out there is good for the game, and I would like it if uh, 
more guys are like that when they're when they're mic'd up and not be afraid of of all that kind of stuff because obviously there's some things that go around that you shouldn't be said but uh i think to have fun out there with the guys is is all fair game and and west does a good job with that will you be like that when you get the mic in an nhl game and you're calling a penalty yeah, I think I will have that kind of jump my step and and that because you want to enjoy what you do out there, right? And it's obviously it's a serious job, but uh, to go out there and have fun with the guys and stuff, I think is half the battle. So I would definitely be be vocal like that. I want to ask you just to before we wrap it up. Number one, what's your plan for the summer? Are you scheduled to be refereeing when the seasons next seasons begin? So I've been in contact with the with the assigner for the the BCHL. So I kind of told him I'm basically week to week on on where I am. So I'm really trying to to get back to to game shape, and I I think I will be with the way I am going. So right now I'm I'm in Prince George, and I plan to move to Nanaimo. I was living in Nanaimo when all this went down. I was there for school. So I'm going back to finish off my, uh, my degree. So when I go back, my plan is to official. So I basically told them that, uh, I'll keep them posted on, on where I'm at with my skating. And if I feel comfortable, if it's at the start of the year, I'll be more than happy. But even if it's come like Christmas time or after, after the break, then I really want to help out and, uh, continue off on my path to the NHL. So. I'll keep working hard. You know, for people who want to donate or learn more about MS, where would you send them? I got most of my stuff from uh, the MS Society website. There's there's so much good information on there nowadays, and, and you can donate straight through there. And if you want to follow me through through my journey, I, I have an Instagram page. It's uh, Braden underscore MS Journey. I kind of keep everyone like up to date with uh, both my positive and negative days and my setbacks and, and how my, my skating, for example, is going and that kind of stuff. So through that, I post most of the, the links for the fundraising. I think the next fundraiser is um, is the A&W uh, Teen Burger Day where you donate or every Teen Burger you donate like a dollar, two dollars to, to the MS. And I think that's... Uh, later in august i think august 19th or something so i like my a and w burgers mama bear <laughs> papa bear yeah i will i will be there and teen burger yeah beyond all... burger yeah. <laughs> burgers burgers yeah burgers I do love, burgers burgers yeah. i do love burgers so that's kind of the next fundraiser for that and then the ms bike ride is in september september 17th so Closer to that date, I will uh, I will make a web page for myself and and my team so we can start fundraising for that and hopefully raise a bunch of money because uh, obviously MS there is no cure for it yet. So the treatment and stuff and the research has come such a long a long way in the last 10, 15 years. So I'm hoping that they're close and I'm hoping we can figure this out not just for me but other people like me down the road where. They don't have to go through so much and uh, just keep living a healthy, normal life. So we'll keep fundraising and, and raising awareness so we get this thing figured out. Braden underscore MS Journey. Uh, Braden, we hope there are way more positive days than negative ones. This has been a real delight. Thanks so much for doing this. You're a wonderful person and uh, and a credit um, you know, to anyone who decides to, to pick up a whistle and put on the stripes and, uh, and officiate. You got a great attitude. 
We wish you nothing but the best. Uh, health and happiness. Thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for having me, guys. It was awesome.